Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidinil Mustafa Sallallahu ta'ala alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama tasliman kathiran kathira Amma ba'du faqad qala tabaraka wa ta'ala fi shani habibi inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد واصحابه وبارك وسلم وقد قال تبارك وتعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا ادخلوا في السلم كافه صدق الله العظيم my most respected elders and brothers Amongst the many incidents that have taken place in the life of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'een, we find that one of the greatest events to ever occur was the advent of the hijrah and the migration from Makkatul Mukarramah to Madinatul Munawwara. We hear about those untold difficulties, the oppression and the atrocities that Nabi Ali sallallahu alayhi wa and the Sahaba radiallahu anhum had to undergo in Makkatul Mukarramah. And with the advent of the hijrah and the migration to Medina Munawwara, then we find an entire Islamic state had come into being. An entire Islamic government was formed. Where the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and Nabi Ali sallallahu could now openly lead a proper Islamic way of life. Adhan could be called out openly. Salah could be, called, could be performed openly without the fear of anyone watching, anyone spying them out, anyone attacking them, as we would say maybe looking over the shoulder. They could, they could lead an entire proper Islamic way of life at ease with peace of heart, peace of mind. Nevertheless, after the hijrah, it was the habit of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that every now and then he would take an assessment and he would just just to see how many sahaba radiallahu anhum they were in Medina Munawwara. So the first time Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam had taken an assessment, the, Nabi, the, the sahaba radiallahu anhum happened to be 500 in number. The second time when Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam had taken another assessment, another number count, then the sahaba radiallahu anhum were 700 in number. And in the fourth or the fifth year hijri, when Nabi Ali Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had taken a third count, then the Sahaba Radiallahu Anhum had reached a figure of 1,500. So now there were 1,500 Sahaba Radiallahu Anhum in Medina Munawwara. When the Sahaba Radiallahu Anhum heard that we are 1,500 in number, they became so elated and so happy that they began to even mention amongst themselves that now whichever army we are faced with, from whichever country the soldiers come, we will never ever be defeated in battle. There was always a wadi. On one side was the mushrikeen from Makkah, Mukarramah, where they had tried again and again the battle of Badr, the battle of Uhud. And on the other side was the tribes of the, the Jewish tribes that, had, that were residing just on the outskirts of Medina Munawwara who they had broken their, their allegiance to the Muslims, that peace treaty that they had with the Muslims was broken. 
And eventually they had sided with the mushrikeen of Makkah to try and wipe out the Muslims. And you read one at Yutufi Unur Allah, this is, this is an ongoing battle. Those, the kuffar, the enemies of Makkah, of, of Islam, they will try their utmost. They will do everything in their capacity to try and wipe out Islam till the day of Qiyamah. Wallahu mutimmu nurihi. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our guide. Allah is our hafiz. Allah is our protector. Nevertheless, when the Sahaba radiallahu anhum heard that we are 1,500 in number, they became so happy that whichever army we are, we are faced with, we will never ever be defeated in battle. Imagine what confidence. They were just 1,500. We would say 1,500 is just a drop in the vast ocean. If you have to look at the so-called superpowers at that time, the Persians and the Roman Empire, their soldiers alone numbered in the hundreds of thousands. And here, 1,500 Sahaba in Medina Sharif, we would say one drop. And in fact, when the Sahaba radiallahu anhum was sent with the message of Islam to the Roman, to the Persian and the Roman Empire, they were mocked at, firstly, we have to understand from what background they are coming. In the words of Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu himself, he mentions that we, the Arab nation, we were known to be the worst of nations in the entire world. Because of the atrocities and the crimes we were guilty of committing, it was well known in the entire world that the Arab nation is the worst in the world. Coming from that background, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum are going to the so-called most civilized of nations, the Romans and the, and the Persians. We can imagine how, how much they must have been mocked at, that you are the Arab nation and you want to come and teach us how to lead a life. And when the Sahaba radiallahu anhum went back and they began to prepare for jihad against these people, they laughed even harder. That you are just one drop in the ocean. Do you know what we have at our disposal? Our mighty armies that we have, our state-of-the-art weaponry and swords and, and, and shields, etc. And you want to come and face the Persian, the Roman Empire? But what they didn't realize was that one drop that came from Medina Munawwara, when they came, they came as a fully fledged storm. They came as a full-on tsunami. And they wiped the armies of the Roman at the Persian extent. That in the words of Hazrat Mawlana Abdul Haqsab Umarji Rahmatullah he mentions, many of us, we may have heard of who Mawlana was. But if we sit with our elders, then they'll be able to give us an, an idea of who Mawlana was. What a vital role he had played internationally, but more so in South Africa, in Durban, in the spread of Islam. Hazrat Mawlana Umarji mentions that just like how a child will take one toy, he will put it on one side. He'll take another toy and put it there and he'll bring, bring it crushing together and then he'll put another Lego piece over there and another cow on that side. He says literally the Sahaba radiallahu anhum were playing with the armies of the Persian and the Roman Empire. Like how this child plays with his toys. That robe and that power that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed the Sahaba radiallahu anhum with. Imagine 1,500 and prepare to take on the world. Today, we are probably in an excess of 1.92, 2 2.2 billion Muslims across the world. With our so-called Muslim countries, Islamic armies, weapons, etc., but we find that the Muslim Ummah has become the playground 
of the Christian armies and the Jewish Zionist masterminds behind it all. What was there that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum were only 1,500 and yet they could take on the world. They had nothing, yet they had everything. Today we're sitting with everything but we left with nothing. Hazrat Mawlana Abdul Hakum Maji sahab mentions that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum they didn't have state-of-the-art weaponry and the most advanced of swords and shields. They didn't have the most mightiest of armies. But they were blessed with one divine weapon with which they were very, very well equipped. Whatever their condition was, whether they were, the, whether they were in their own hometowns or they were traveling abroad for the sake of jihad, for the sake of business, for the sake of leisure and pleasure, or maybe settling down and relocating in another country altogether, but together with upholding the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they clung to the sunnah, the tariqah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They never ever sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They were not embarrassed to show that we are the followers of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They were proud of this, of the Habib sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Today, unfortunately, my respected elders and brothers, we will go to some restaurant or some walima occasion or we go on holiday somewhere. We are going to some public area and leave alone the sunnah, but already the commands, the faraiz are broken. Already that is compromised. We are feeling shy to now spread our musalla and perform our salah. What will this person say? What will that person say? We are gone to some uh, country, some holiday destination, whether it is the bergs, the coast, or wherever it is. And already the sunnah is being compromised. Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they clung to the sunnah of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam under all circumstances. When Hazrat Huzifa bin Yaman radiallahu anhu and Hazrat Rabi, Rabi, Rabi bin Amir radiallahu anhu, when these two sahaba radiallahu anhuma, they were sent in a delegation to the Persian empire to just discuss the terms and the conditions before engaging in battle. Now we learn from the lives of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum that they were very, very simple people. And this was the sunnah of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. Every aspect was simplicity. Whether they ate, they ate simple, they lived simple, they wore, the dressing was simple, they slept also, the entire way of life was simplicity. By the time they traveled from Medina Munawwara all the way to the Persian empire, and by the time they had reached the gates of that Persian palace, they were tired they were weary, the hair disheveled, clothes a bit soiled, untidy also. So the guards behind the gate, he looks them up and down. And he mentions to the sahaba, he mentions to them, cannot go in the presence of our king dressed like how you are dressed. These robes on your body, that clothing on your body, if you go like how you are dressed in front of our king, it is a form of disgrace and dishonor to our king. We will provide for you special robes. You will don those robes and then you will go into the, into the presence of our king. Now anyone will jump to the opportunity of wearing, wearing that royal clothing. Imagine what that, that opportunity of wearing the king near clothing that is, that is royal. Hazrat Huzifa radiallahu anhu walked up to the gates of that palace and he, that this clothing, this clothing you are referring to, this is the sunnah of my Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this is how my Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa has instructed us that we dress. And if your king is not prepared to meet us with these clothing on our body, 
Then you tell your king that you will meet him on the battlefield. Something so trivial, something that we might say so insignificant, you're making an issue of a tissue, anyone will jump to that opportunity also. What we will say, you lose the battle but you win the war. Use hikmat. My respected elders and brothers, when it came to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, then there was absolutely no compromise on the sunnah tariqah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So as they are waiting, they send a message into the king and now they are waiting. Hazrat Rabi bin Amir radiallahu anhu happens to take out his sword. And now we know also from the lives of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they, they hadn't even had proper equipment, proper swords, proper shields. So that sword that he had took, taken out, that handle was a bit loose from the blade. So he, he took a leather strap and he began to secure it tighter onto that blade. And the guard behind the gate, he scoffed at him and he mentions to him, that you want to come with this type of weapons, and you want to come and face the Persian army? Do you know what we have at our disposal? Our shields, our swords, our mighty armies, etc.? Hazrat Rabi radiallahu anhu mentions to that guard that this is the sword. You saw the sword, no doubt. But you haven't seen the hand behind that sword. And he mentions to him, go and bring your most advanced or strongest of weapons, swords, shield or whatever it is. And you will see what will happen to it by the, by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these Persian, the guards, they began to laugh amongst themselves. They had the certain type of certain batch of uh, shields that were imported from a different area, different country. It was in reinforced with a different type, with different layers of special steel, known as, known as an unbreakable shield. So they began to laugh and they mentioned amongst themselves that these people, the Arabs, they don't know what we have. So they went, they got that shield and they brought it. Hazrat Rabi radiallahu anhu took his sword and with one blow, one blow alone, that entire shield cracked and it fell, it fell into bits and pieces. This was something that shocked all the guards around them. They went, they sent the message in to the king, even the king is surprised. Unbreakable shield called them in. So they come inside and as was the norm at that time, before engaging with the king, you are invited to partake of some refreshments. And the sahaba radiallahu were also ushered into the dining hall to partake. And it so happened that as Hazrat Huzaifa radiallahu anhu was eating, one particle of that morsel in his hand happened to fall onto the ground. That instant in-ground sunnat in their lives, instant reaction, it just fell and it just he bent down to pick it up. The person next to him nudged him and he mentions to him that you are in the, in the presence of the king and his men and they are observing your every move. They are watching what type of people you are. It doesn't look good that you got an entire table laden with the best of refreshments and you are going to now worry about one morsel that has fell in, fell on, one particle that has fell on the floor. The riwayat mentions فَغَدِبَ Huzifa. Huzifa radiallahu anhu, he became angry. He bent all the way down, he picked that particle of food up. In full view of everyone, he blew it, he dusted it, he put it in his mouth, and after swallowing it, he turned to this person and he mentions to him, أَأَتْرُكُ سُنَّةَ حَبِيبِي لِهَا أُولَاءِ الْحُمَقَى 
you want me to leave the sunnah of my Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam just on the fear of being embarrassed in front of these humaqa, these foolish people. If you understand what is the meaning of humaqa, one is hamik, one is humaqa, and emphasis upon that, in our terms we would say, these stupid idiot people, you want, I have gold by me. You want me to throw away the gold and opt for the muck and the filth of this dunya? That sunnat of Nabi Ali, Nabi in their lives. My respected elders and brothers, today we are invited to some lavish occasion, some nikah or some wanima function, and you will see the uncle eating the biryani with his fork. And it makes you think, it makes you just ponder. To what extent are we prepared to go? To what difficulty are we prepared to undertake inconvenience we are prepared to, to undergo? Just to go against the sunnah tariqah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Just to imitate the enemies of Islam. That shaitani way of life. Those who are there to wipe Islam out. Just to resemble there. We the followers of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa What extent we are prepared to go. Nevertheless, when the sahaba radiallahu anhum had finished with those meals, and now they were ushered into the meeting room to now converse with the king. Then everyone is coming, everyone is bowing down, and they are coming in the presence of the king. Sahaba radiallahu anhum walked in straight. No pressure, no going with the flow with them. This is what we are taught. This is what Nabi alayhi salatu has taught us. And there is no compromise when it comes to the teachings and the instructions of Nabi alayhi salatu they walk in, and then they notice that everyone is sitting, everyone is standing around the king, and the king is sitting. So Huzifa radiallahu anhu, he asks that translator, he asks him that, what is the reason that everyone is standing? Everyone is standing, the, the king is sitting. Now obviously to us, we understand it is out of respect. But can we imagine the mindset that was created, what mindset Nabi Islam had created in the Sahaba radiallahu anhum? That it didn't even it didn't even cross their mind that this is the reason. They are dumbfounded. What is the reason? Everyone is standing, and the, the king is sitting. So the translator mentions to him that this is the, the respect that we have for our king. When we converse or when we engage with our king, then he sits, and out of respect we all stand. As that Uzayfa radiallahu anhu mentions to the translator that this is not what our Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us. When you look at, at the life of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa amongst the sahaba radiallahu anhum, at times it, would, it could not be even distinguished that this is the Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If he sat, everyone sat. If he stood, everyone stood. If he walked, everyone walked around him. There was no special distinction. Hazrat Uzifa radiallahu anhu mentions to this translator that you tell your king, that it is either everyone, we all will sit and we will discuss with him. Or he must stand up with us and then we discuss. Imagine in their country, in their territory, in their palace, surrounded by their armies and their men, but enforcing the sunnah tariqah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is what Hazrat Abdul Haq Umarji sallallahu mentions. That weapon that the said, they clung to the sunnah of Nabi under all circumstances. And history will bear testimony to this fact. That as long as the ummah had clung to the sunnah of Nabi 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had opened the treasures of the world at the feet of the Muslim. No sooner had we begun to now adopt the other cultures, where we want to live like that person, we want to dress like this person, we want to have this person's hairstyle, or we want to behave like that person. Then together with the sunnah tariqah of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, the izzat, the dignity, the honor, and the glory of the ummah also went. As that Umar radiallahu anhu mentions, that we, the Arab nation, we were the worst of nations in the entire world. We were the most downtrodden of nations, the most insignificant of nations. The most disgraced nation was the Arab nation. And thereafter he mentions, فَأَعَزَّنَ اللَّهُ Islam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed us with izzat, with dignity, with honor and glory. By fulfilling the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and following the sunnah tariqah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And thereafter Umar radiallahu anhu mentions, فَمَهْمَا تَطْلُبُ الْعِزَّةِ بِغَيْرِهِ If we happen to seek that izzat and dignity and honor in any other way of life, we want to look like that person, we want to dress like that person, we want to have that certain hero star or soccer star or certain star's hairstyle. And we have, we want to have that logo, that certain brand on our, on our t-shirts with that certain name behind our backs. If you want to live like them, you want to dress like them. Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu mentions, Allah will disgrace us. When we are going to shift away from the sunnah of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, Allah will disgrace us. This is not an ordinary man speaking. Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu was known for his insight, his foresight in the matters of deen. <coughs> the Hadith Sharif mentions, "Ittaku firasat al-mu'min." Fear the insight and the foresight of a true mu'min, a true believer. Fa innahu yanzuru binurillah, because when he speaks, he doesn't speak from his own side, his own pockets. He is speaking out of inspiration from the side of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And Umar radiallahu anhu was a, was a person who was famously known for his insight and his great foresight he had in the matters of deen. This is what Hazrat Muna Abdul Haq Umar Ji is mentioning. Together with that commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, upholding every, every command of Allah ta'ala, <coughs> we cling to the sunnat, tariqah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The time is almost over. But just one aspect to mention, Many of us are aware or maybe not aware also about the madrasa, the maktab madrasa, the his madrasa that has commenced in this masjid, Masjidul Mahmud. The whole purpose for these madrasas, my respected elders and brothers, is for the same reason to uphold the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to bring alive the commands, the one one command of Allah ta'ala, the sunnah tariqah of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam in the lives of our youngsters. So they grow up as proper Muslims, proper mu'mineen. <coughs> proper ummatis of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If you just have to sit back and ponder and reflect, just maybe about 40-50 years back, in the time of our grandfathers, great-grandfathers, obviously many of us, like myself, we were not there to see the condition. But from what we hear, the environment that they lived in, <coughs> their way of life, and compare it to our environment and our way of life, what a world of a difference. Just in a matter, in a space of 40, 50 years, and what a world of a difference we are living in. What we are seeing today, the fitnas, the all-out effort of shaitan, it must have been just a fraction in their time. And it makes us think and just ponder, wonder, that in 50 years' time to come, 
when our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren will be in our positions and our shoes. What will be the, the condition of the fitnas at that time? How much more on a, on, on a, how much of a higher scale will the efforts of shaitan be in full scale? And will our children be able to face or will, be, will they be able to pass the, te- the, the test of their iman? Will they be able to handle the fitness of their time? So from now, we have to make an, a concerted effort on ourselves also, but more important than our youngsters, on our children, our grandchildren, to try and bring that mahal, that environment, and this is what these maktabs, these madrasas are for. To bring alive the sunnah to, 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 so that they, they grow up as proper Muslims, proper mu'minin. Alhamdulillah, we have given them everything as far as the dunya is concerned. Whether it is from clothing to gadgets to the best of education also. But what legacy have we left behind as far as the everlasting life of the akhirat is concerned? What are we leaving for them at that time? We, are, we won't be here. We might be dead and gone. But how will they be able to fend for themselves? How will they be able to protect their iman? Ya amanu, ku anfusakum wa ahdikum nara. The Quran Sharif mentions... Save your family from the fire of Jahannam. It is our responsibility as parents to bring them up as proper Muslims with that proper Islamic education so that when they grow up, they are close to Allah, they know what, what to do, what not to do. When they leave this world, they can at least leave with Iman, with the kalima on their lips. That is our responsibility as parents. But that maktab madrasa has taken, has taken up our own responsibility. They have taken that responsibility on their shoulders. So let us make maximum use, take benefits from all these very, very great facilities that are there, structured and put in place for the benefit of our own youngsters, our children. Those of us who maybe we are interested in enrolling our children also, we can contact Mona Ibrahim Badat Sahib and we can make the necessary arrangements for our children. We make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala protect our iman. Allah protect the iman of our children, grandchildren and progenies to come. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq of any many sunnahs of, of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in our lives. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.